All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number nine of the AF Playbook podcast. We're almost to double digits. So thanks for tuning in. Today, my guest is Mike Coella from AdBeat. Uh, Mike is a really smart guy. He was very, very successful with media buying and various other types of promotion before he started AdBeat, which is a really cool competitive research tool. Um, they have not only desktop, but mobile intelligence, which is really cool. And the data is actually uh, very, very good. So I would recommend checking out AdBeat for sure. And listen to this podcast because Mike talks a lot about uh, strategies for media buys and different stuff about mobile. Um, Really good stuff. I definitely learned a lot from it. So I hope you will too. I also wanted to say if you are enjoying the podcast and you like it, if you could take a second to uh, rate and review it on iTunes, I would definitely appreciate that. And if you want to catch the replay of this or any of the other episodes I've done, go to aftplaybook.com slash blog, and there'll be show notes there as well as all the recordings. So anyway, here's the interview. Okay, Mike, welcome to the Aft Playbook podcast. How are you? I'm great, David. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, sure, sure. So uh, just to start out, could you tell everybody your background, maybe sort of how you got started with um, online marketing or affiliate marketing? Uh, sure. Uh, let's see. I got started um, I got started back in late 2007 with uh, pay-per-click. Um, trying uh to make some things work on the google i actually started out with the display network really mm-hmm. and um kind of that's what i've stuck with um since then i've always done display but um back then i was doing i was just promoting uh clickbank products direct linking uh with different clickbank products yeah i think i think i <clears throat> read about that and you uh you were doing basically ebooks and you were promoting Truth About Abs. Is that right at one point? Yeah, that was the first one that, you know, that actually worked for me. And, and then back then there was, um, you know, there was Fat Loss for Idiots also. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember kind that of, product. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of a ridiculous ebook that actually sold really, really well. Wow. Um, yeah, so those were the first couple ebooks. And then I got into some CPA stuff. Um, uh, you know, various kind of weight loss offers and, and that sort of thing later, kind of in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did some of that for a while, but didn't really, um, didn't really stick with that, uh, all that long. Were you, um, on Google display, were you running, uh, banners, text combination? You know, actually back then it was all text ads. Um, I was able to, I think I, I probably spent on you know, the best months, um, you know, up to $250,000 a month with just text ads. Wow. Um, and I wasn't really, um, I'd played around with some banners and, and everything at the time, but um, it seemed like every time I tried to make some banners work, I would burn through a lot of money. Uh, and it seemed way easier to get the text ads to work. Um, but now I do, you know, a lot of banners and, um, probably more of the volume that I would run would be through, through banners than, than text ads. So what were you using to track when you first started out or how were you tracking? I was tracking with, um, just the Google conversion pixel. Okay. Um, that was it. I just had the, the merchant put the pixel on their thank you page and, and that was it. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Okay. 
So then <clears throat> you, do you want to talk about AdBeat a little bit or um, maybe sort of what led you from just doing like the affiliate thing to uh, building AdBeat? Did you use any spy tools before? Is that what inspired you or did you use it yourself well, for a while? Yeah, I mean, that was the problem. There wasn't any spy tools to do what I needed because yeah. I I wasn't, I didn't care about search. I, I played around with search a little bit, but I hardly spent any money on search. And um, it just search seemed way harder to get it to work. Um, and it seemed way more competitive. Uh, and at the time, like not that many people knew about Google Display and how to make it work. Uh, I think now it's, you know, I think a lot more people are using it and it's, um, it's a little easier to make it work now, but, um, back then, um, I don't know, it was kind of the, the wild west, you know, but there were no, <laughs> yeah. there were no tools, um, to check and see what people were doing with display. There were, you know, there were these $25,000 a year type platforms that, um, are sold through like Nielsen and Comscore and some of these huge companies they sell to, you know, fortune 500 kind of companies. Mm -hmm. But um, there wasn't anything uh, to track the Google Display Network um, or anything at a price range that made sense to me. So that was kind of the – I mean, of course, I knew about SpyFu and other types of tools like that that yeah. were out for search. And so that's you know that's kind of what gave me the idea to, to build something for display. And did you build it with just the idea that you were going to use it or did you build it with the idea of uh, building a business around it at first? Um, you know, I mean, I was kind of most concerned with just using it myself and I used the tool for probably, you know, almost two years before anyone, before we actually started selling it publicly. Um, but, uh, I always kind of knew that we were going to sell it just because I knew somebody else would, would sell something like that. Mm -hmm. If I didn't do it, it mm -hmm. honestly, like if I thought somebody else would sell it, I probably would just not sell it mm -hmm. and I would probably just use the the information myself. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, <clears throat> was, was it difficult? What, what were some of the challenges you faced when building it? Do you have a programming background? I, I don't know that. Or did you No. No. Okay. So you had I to mean, find you know, I've, I've, I've worked as an engineer, but I, I wasn't, uh, you know, I never, I don't have a programming background. I, I can't code. Um, I understand like the basics, you know, and I kind of get how code works and I get how an algorithm might work and that kind of stuff. But, um, I can't actually go out and code anything. So I had to hire people to do all of the work. Mm -hmm. Um, so I learned how to do, you know, the things that I could, um, like wireframing basically. Yeah. And, um, you know, basically putting together, you know, the way the product is going to work and what it's supposed to do and, um, kind of set the direction and that sort of stuff. And, uh, and then I hired people to do all the rest. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. <clears throat> so was it hard finding, uh, I mean, I know it's hard to find good programmers that, uh, stick around and are consistent. Did you find that at all when you were initially building this? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's super challenging. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll say that, you know, it, it caused me way more money to build than I ever thought it would. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, you know, threw out giant chunks of, of work, you know, over <laughs> months and months of time that just were basically unusable by, by certain people, um, that did the work. Yeah. And, um, 
I, you know, just kept hiring uh, and trying new people until I found some people that were were a good fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, you know, it wasn't. I, you know, I've 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 tried just as many people who were not a good fit as <laughs> as I have, you know, tried who have been a good fit easily. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. So you got the tool built, and then how did you get it? How did you promote it, or how did you get it in front of people's eyes to to buy it? And who was your target audience when you started? Well, I mean, when we first launched, I knew I would be. I knew I, I, we would probably kind of launch to the affiliate kind of crowd because that's just sort of what my background was, and it seemed like. Um, I just knew a few people that I thought we could do some some promotion with, and um, so that seemed like a natural way to start because I had the story to tell, and um, you know, with my kind of with my own affiliate marketing and and how I used it and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we started with. Um, I you know I went I reached out to some people that had existing lists, and um, you know, of course, did a affiliate kind of commission deal with them and uh just got you know some promotion we did a you know we did a lot of webinars to start with Mm -hmm. um to launch it and that worked um you know really well um and let me think what else um did an AppSumo promo early on um and that that did okay it didn't do great um i don't know if it was it's a great match for the the tool you know, his audience. Yeah. Um, plus I think it was just a little bit too early. Like they probably, you know, their list was, you know, X size whenever we did the promo. And I think like six months later it was like 10 (laughs) X. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) I think I kind of missed, uh, slightly on the timing with that, but, um, that, and I did a couple other interviews that were good that drove some trial signups and, and that sort of thing. But, um, really kind of building a list through the webinar promotions. And then um, I guess that, that's most of it. And then a lot of word of mouth. So a lot of the contacts you made when you were initially starting out and doing affiliate marketing stuff, it sounds like. Um, sounds uh, yeah. I mean, like there were some, um, I don't know, there were some people that I've purchased courses from, like uh, Goer Chaudhry, mm-hmm. you know, was one. And so I did a promotion with him. Um I knew, uh, you know, Wes and Nana, mm-hmm. and uh, so we did a promotion with them. And uh, I'm trying to think of who else, but um, yeah, just some people that I kind of knew, and um, that was enough to kind of get it get it kick started. Yeah, cool. Now, when you were so when you're building it and you're sinking, you know, a, a lot of your own money into it, did you? have any idea if it was going to be successful or not? Or were you like, Oh my God, I'm just like dumping money into this thing. And what if it doesn't work or sell? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess there's always doubts. Right. But, (laughs) uh, I mean, I would kind of go back and forth where, you know, I was, you know, a hundred percent sure it was, everything was good and it was all making sense. But then, you know, as the project kind of dragged on and more and more money went into it, then, you know, I would start to have doubts and mm-hmm. think maybe this is just like a huge mistake and um, maybe I just don't know it yet and it's going to, you know, be, <laughs> be a terrible mistake. Yeah. But I mean, really, like I knew that I needed it. I knew that if I needed it, I honestly, this is kind of the way I rationalized it. I figured that even if nobody else bought it, I could probably, uh, 
afford to pay for the development just by using the actual data. Um, and that's probably true. Like if I had to just, if that was like my only focus was just trying to make money, like using the, the tool itself, mm-hmm. I could probably pay for the whole development of the tool, you know? So yeah. kind of going with that, you know, I just figured it's hard to lose. And, um, so yeah, but there's definitely doubts. I mean, it's, sure. I, I don't know how you could, and, and on any long-term project that takes more than like a month or two to build out, I mean, you're going to have some doubts, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, tell me a little bit about what AdBeat does exactly. And then I wanted to kind of pick your brain about media buying a little bit. Yeah, so we track uh, what's happening uh, kind of in the competitive uh, landscape for display media. So that means we go and every day we're crawling the web uh, like a a user would and getting the ads that show up and um, then sort of categorizing those ads and, and creating statistics about those ads uh, and, you know, basically adding them all up for each advertiser and all sorts of different things to basically get a picture of what's happening for any given advertiser or what's happening on any given publisher or what's happening on any given ad network or traffic source. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's the idea. It's kind of a window into everything that's happening with, um, with online display and mobile. Um, And that's, um, you know, it's, you know, it's valuable if, if you're out there buying media because you can see what stays running for a long time and what creatives are working and what landing pages people are, are using. So that, when you said mobile, that um, made me think of something else that I wanted to ask you. Since you started AdBeat, how have you seen the, um, I guess, media landscape changing as a lot of things are, the focus is shifting a lot to mobile? Are you seeing... I don't know, a a lot more activity in mobile? Are you still seeing a lot uh, with regular desktop web traffic? I mean, oops, sorry, I just accidentally (laughs) muted myself. Um, Desktops uh, hasn't, uh, you know, I I mean, desktops, I don't, it's not going anywhere, right? It's still around. But um, what's different now is just, yeah, everything is more fragmented. Um, You know, there's tablets and mobile. And, you know, five, six, seven years ago when I first started, that wasn't a factor. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was a lot easier, I think, um, back then because you didn't have to worry about all these things. And um, so, uh, but yeah, there's more mobile advertisers for sure. It's just getting getting um kind of more and more mainstream but i I, there's still like huge opportunities in mobile because i think most people don't really have it figured out Mm -hmm. um and so i think it's um i think there's a lot of opportunity because of that because i don't think there's many people out there that are thinking specifically about their mobile uh their mobile funnel you know and like if that's what you're focused on if that's all you're focused on is you know, optimizing a mobile funnel and mobile ads, then you're probably going to have an advantage. Mm-hmm. So when you say, uh, when you say that about uh, the opportunity there in mobile, do you mean specifically just like affiliates running traffic straight to offers? Or do you mean more like, I don't know, building a business around it or consulting for businesses around it? Or where do you see like the actual uh, biggest long-term opportunity in mobile? I mean, I think there's opportunities across the board, right? I think yeah. if you want to do consulting, yeah, I mean, 
how many sites out there still are not like mobile optimized? Like mm-hmm. there's a ton. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it would be pretty easy to build, I think, a consulting practice around, you know, that pitch, right? Hey, your site doesn't work on mobile. Two thirds of the traffic that's coming to your site is probably on mobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so this is a huge loss for you. And so we can fix it and here's what we're going to do. I mean, that, that's, that seems like a pitch that would work. Um, and then as an affiliate, um, yeah, or as a, a lead gen kind of guy building a business, I mean, there's just, there's huge opportunities. Uh, it's, um, I think it's trickier in, in, in a lot of ways, um, mm-hmm. because the, you know, traffic by device and by carrier and all that stuff really matters quite a bit. Um, where, so you have all these, it's, it's mobile is further fragmented, right? Um, whereas desktop, it's it's pretty much desktop. I mean, yeah, there's some differences between browsers and all that, but it's not like mobile, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Do you think that with mobile, I mean, Google AdWords, if you can run there, it's probably, I don't know, I guess you could argue this, but it's probably, in my opinion, the best or one of the top two or three traffic sources you could actually run on. I mean, so do you see less affiliates running there in the last few years since they've um, got stricter with certain things you get, that you can promote or um, what do you mean? Yeah, I think there's definitely less affiliates than there were, you know, I don't know, four or five years ago. Um, but it doesn't mean it's impossible to do affiliate marketing on Google. You just have to do it in a way that they're going to be okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, yeah, it just needs to maybe be a little more of a complex model. You're not going to get away with running traffic to a landing page, right? Right. So, um, you know, lead generation and then marketing on the back end is, is a, is, can be a good way to go. That's mm-hmm. even a little bit tricky. Google. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly possible. Um, then, you know, there's, there's, I mean, there's guys doing amazing things with affiliate marketing on Google right now. Um, in the, say the coupon space or, you know, some of the larger markets. Um, I mean, it's, you know, that's a more of a, it's a, you know, a bigger sort of vision and a bigger, uh, kind of commitment and expense to get, something like that going, but it's certainly really possible. And uh, I'm sure that there are sites out there doing really huge numbers that are essentially just affiliate sites, you know? Yeah, that's, that's true. The, yeah. Some of those coupon sites just do like massive numbers. I, a few yeah. years back, I was at the share sale think tank uh, and I met some people that, you know, did the coupon sites, but it wasn't like you would expect when you go to affiliate summit where it's just like one guy, you know, running offers. It's like a whole business. I mean, they have like multiple, it's like a company basically that does it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's huge, there's, there's, you know, quite a few large companies in that space alone. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. So what do you think about these different places that are basically like um, traffic exchanges, you can, you know, buy traffic through them like Site Scout or, you know, there's a ton of different ones. What do you think the challenges and opportunities are on those? Um, I mean, the challenges are that, you know, it seems like all, all of those kind of, um, 
you know, DSPs or RTB platforms, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call them, uh, that are kind of aggregators of a bunch of different exchanges. Um, they, I mean, they all kind of have the same thing. They're all tapping into the same uh, traffic. And um, so I think that's, that's kind of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my experience, I personally have not had great results uh, on any of those types of platforms. And I've tried quite a yeah. few of them. Um, it doesn't mean it's not possible, but it, it's certainly not... Um, I don't think it's uh, – it's certainly not as easy to make something work as it would be on like a tier one type of traffic source Um, that's kind of a proven source of traffic like Facebook or Google, for instance. Yeah, for for sure. I've had the same experience. I mean I'm sure I've run a fraction of like of what you spent on those, but I've had a similar experience. And one of the challenges with uh, like running the forum and – trying to teach people about affiliate marketing is traffic sources like that. Cause people come and, you know, they hear the words media buy and they hear about people doing big numbers. So they want to do media buys and those places seem really attractive cause you know, it's a small initial deposit and you can get all this traffic, but it's really hard to explain to them that it's <laughs> probably going to be tough. I don't know. So if somebody came to you and said, I, I, and again, I, I don't apologize for this cause I know it's probably a really difficult question to answer but if somebody came to you and said hey you know i'm a newbie i want to get started in media buying what would you what would you tell them oh man that's a tough question (laughs) um (laughs) it depends on uh depends on their budget you know yeah a little bit but um i man i i'm really partial to trying to make a tier one traffic source work so Mm -hmm. like i would try to start from the beginning uh, setting something up that's going to run on either Facebook or Google. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like, you know, if you're getting good traffic, uh, or you, 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 sh- you can be pretty sure that there, the traffic isn't the problem. It's very difficult to troubleshoot a landing page, troubleshoot a, a funnel that you set up, um, mm-hmm. when you don't know what the quality of the traffic is. True. Because it's like where you know where is the problem, right? Is it with my page? Is it with the trout? You just you don't know. So it's it's good to be able to set one of those things as you know that's not really going to be the problem, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's why like a lot of times when if I'm going to start out with something, I'm going to go maybe very direct in terms of my targeting. Um, you know, like let's take the coupon example. Like if I'm doing something in coupons, I might target directly like categories like coupons and all this stuff in the end that might not be actually the best traffic like it Mm -hmm. might not be the highest roi kind of traffic but i would start with that because you know it's going to be pretty good right you know so that's why like it's always good to start with something that um that you know is high quality um i think it's it's challenging if you're going to try to you know, start a campaign on SiteScout. Um, yeah. If you don't have some, you know, some insider info, if you're not using competitive intelligence tools, you know, something like AdBeat, uh, I mean, it, it would be, I think it would be challenging because there's just so many different placements that um, it's it's easy to to spend a few hundred bucks on on some traffic that's just not, it's never going to work, no matter what your your ad in your funnel. That's yeah, that's true. And you can get some really crappy sites sending you traffic um on those. Not I'm not specifically calling out site scout, but just, you know, 
RGBs yeah. and DSPs like that. But yeah. So, so, so I'm, you know what, let me, so you asked sure. kind of like to be, to, as a beginner, I mean, if you didn't want to do the, you know, if you don't want to try to make something Google compliant or Facebook compliant and all that, I would start with some small media buys, like direct buys, mm-hmm. um, and just go to, you know, smaller blogs and, and forums and things like that, where it's, um, kind of, uh, low commitment, you know, you can do a buy for $50 or whatever, and they're going to put your banner up and maybe there's like no impression tracking or anything Mm -hmm. to sell you a banner for a month for 50 bucks. And, um, I would try some of that stuff first because you're just so much more likely to get quality traffic, um, to be able to pinpoint quality traffic because you're going to see exactly where your banner is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to be picking the sites. And so you're going to have a pretty good feel for if it's a good fit or not. Yeah, that's great advice. I've done some of that before and, uh, it can be really good, especially when you get a site owner that doesn't really know what their traffic is worth, you know, or they're just making mm-hmm. a little bit through AdSense and yeah, you can get some really cheap, um, placements. Uh, a lot of times I, I'll tell people, you know, something like that, just, you know, find a small blog or something and do a buy, but it seems like they want media buying to be, I don't know, easy, like sexier. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard. That's yeah, hard. Like, it is. that's, it's a, it's a slog. I mean, I, it's, um, I've heard of guys like doing that at like scale where they're, you know, doing maybe, you know, you know, decent scale, like, I don't know, $20,000 a month or something spend. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've never done that sort of buying at that level because it's, it's work. It's a lot it of is. work. Like you're constantly emailing people <laughs> back and forth. And, um, even honestly, even buying direct buying on larger sites is a lot of work. Um, it's, it tends to be worth it because you may be able to spend, you know, 500 bucks a day easy. Mm-hmm. right on a single on a single larger site but it's still an incredible amount of work compared to just going and launching something in a self-serve interface that's true you know? it is yeah a lot more legwork for sure when, so when you set up a um, media buy i'm just using that as a general term what kind of things do you split test or do you do any kind of split testing initially Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest thing, you know, you want to, you want to pretty quickly like zero in on, on a, on a good ad and a good landing page. So I would be testing both of those things right from the beginning. Mm Um, with the ad, I would take, you know, um, I would take as many kind of different angles as I could think of probably, you know, three or four different, different angles for the copy and start with that. Um, and, uh, I wouldn't worry too much about the, um, the image or anything right off. I would try to get the copy down. And then once I got some copy that seemed to work pretty well, then I would start worrying about the images. So you mean just do text ads or just, don't worry about whatever's on your banner. Well, like, I mean, pick an image that, you know, pick, take your best shot at an image, yeah. you know, but like, I wouldn't have the image be the focus. The The reason is that like, I think it's relatively easy to write, say four to six different sets of ad copy and have one of those be a good winner. Mm-hmm. Whereas it could be challenging to try four to six different images and have one of those be a real winner. You, you're more likely to have to try you know, 20 or 30 images maybe, um, to find a really good one in my experience. That makes sense. 
and then how do you know? I mean, you can obviously see which one is performing good, but how much do you would you spend? Say you were just doing an affiliate offer or ClickBank ebook. Um, how much would you spend before you decided, all right, this is just isn't going to convert? Or how would you know? Um, I mean, first of all, I would never promote anything that I wasn't sure was converting already. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I would be looking at, you know, is there already a lot of traffic coming to this site? Like, that's a huge, that's a huge red flag. If there's no traffic going uh. to the site, um, you know, the chances that you're like the guy who found like this like, <laughs> diamond in the rough that yeah. like converts super high, <laughs> even though there's no traffic to the site, is is pretty much not, yeah, you know, not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so you want to go for sites that are already getting a lot of traffic. If it's an offer you're promoting or whatever, um, you know, or, you know, ideally you're going to already see other affiliates promoting it. That's the best case. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, you want to spend, um, you want to spend somewhere around the, uh, the value of the conversion or maybe double the value of the conversion per kind of combination. Mm -hmm. of things that you're looking at. So if you're testing four ads and four landing pages, that's like kind of 16 different combinations. Um, so to test that effectively, I would look to spend um, whatever 16 times the uh, the offer conversion um, value is at a minimum, mm -hmm. probably. Um, and maybe twice that, you know. Yeah, I, I guess it's it's easier spending that if you know, like you said, that, you know, other people are promoting it or the site's getting a lot of traffic. Cause it's just a matter of, I mean, there's, it's not like everyone else is rocket scientists and you can't make it work. If someone else is making it work, you can probably make it work. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a big part of why you want to know that it's already something that's working because if you don't know that you're going to get discouraged really easily when you're losing money and mm -hmm. almost always you're going to lose money at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I've had rare cases where I've just basically, you know, gone with a creative that was pretty close to another creative I saw running and gone with an offer that I knew was already being and my first traffic source, you know, just like it's, you know, a hundred percent ROI, like right out of the gate. Yeah. I've had, I've had that happen, but it's, it's pretty rare, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those are nice when they happen, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's, um, it doesn't happen all the time. I think that's important to recognize too, because a lot of people get discouraged if they're not that, you know, they think it should be profitable, like right off the bat. And it's rarely like that. Yeah. I mean, if it was that easy, it mm -hmm. wouldn't work because everybody would be buying media. Right. And exactly. so like, and it wouldn't, if, if it was really that easy, competition would come in so fast that it would not be profitable anymore. So I mean, it's good that it's a little bit difficult. I mean, I think that's, you know, when you figure it out, that's what allows you to really run. Yeah. So you figure out that, oh, it's only, you know, this device type, right, that's working and it's only this landing page and this creative. And, you know, most people trying to run that offer aren't going to figure that out. So now you have like your little, your little traffic, you know, niche carved out and it's working. Yeah, that's true. You mentioned a couple of times about, um, getting your funnel optimized. Can you just real quickly talk about, um, explain what a funnel is and maybe how affiliates would use funnels or design a funnel? Um, I mean, a funnel, you know, 
funnel I kind of think of as anything all the way from kind of the click on the ad all the way through to the conversion. So um, it could be as simple as just, you know, kind of a one step on a landing page. And in that case, you're really just optimizing the landing page. And then, of course, your, your traffic source is coming in. Um, but, you know, in other cases, it gets more complicated than that. If you're doing an email opt-in on the front end and then you're going to be promoting things through email, mm-hmm. um, that's a far more complex funnel to to deal with, right? Because mm-hmm. you've got the, 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 you know, the thank you page after they opt-in to worry about. You still have the landing page, of course, to optimize. And then you've got all the emails to optimize and... Um, it just uh, there's a lot more going on there. So, yeah. I mean, any any combination of those different sorts of setups is a, is a just depends on how complicated you want it to go. Do you ever use um, MediaBind to build an email list? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any tips of like? Because people ask this question a lot. You know, like, what do I offer in exchange for the email, or what do I do to you know incentivize somebody to actually give me their email? Do you have any? tips for that um i mean you know to 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 really i mean there's you know there's any number of things i mean you can offer you but generally like i think it, you know the more the more you put into it the better results you're going to get mm-hmm. um because even if you can get them to opt in based on telling them you know some kind of amazing story on the landing page about what they're going to get if their expectations are high and you don't meet those with whatever you're giving them, then it's not going to work anyway. Right. So you, you kind of need to put some time into things, I think. Um, but I mean, it could be anything from, you know, a one page kind of, uh, you know, resources list for, for something, um, up to, you know, a mini series of videos that you're giving away, uh, you know, up to even a free kind of report, you know, maybe, 12 to 20 pages PDF, um, mm-hmm. you know, in any of those things, uh, could work. You could, you could even, um, you know, give them some sort of assessment, you know, there's some sort of like a quiz you could do and then actually give them a result from their quiz. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, there's a lot of different options. It just depends on the market and what you can kind of come up with that ties into whatever the, the market or the offer is. Yeah. That's good. I mean, all of those things work, right? I've seen all of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, what you said about you know doing a quiz or something. I've found stuff like that works really good because you're getting someone to sort of engage with your landing page before they you know hand out hand you over their email address. So sometimes that makes it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us what the future is for. AdBeat, um, what do you, do you have anything upcoming or? Uh, geez, I mean, right now we're kind of working on a complete uh, redesign for the, the entire product. So that's really what's kind of on the horizon for the next quarter or so. Um, planning on launching that in January uh, if everything goes well. Um, and that's going to be just a major overhaul to the entire product. Um, it's, it's really, really, uh, going to be nice cause we've got, um, you know, a good chunk of it done already, but, um, that's sort of the biggest project we're working on. We have a bunch of new networks coming we have, um, coverage for a lot of the native networks now oh. on, um, on some of the higher level plans, uh, that, that we offer. Um, so things like Taboola and Outbrain and, 
in relates and um, content ad and various you know native networks like that. Um, we're kind of rolling out coverage. Uh, I think we have all those I mentioned, but we're rolling out coverage for even more uh, real soon. Uh, and then um, mobile uh, in uh, outside the U.S. is coming pretty soon. We've kind of just stuck to the U.S. Uh, in the past, but we're going to be rolling out some other countries pretty soon. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah, that's great. On um, Just real quick on mobile, what what can people see when they spy on mobile through AdBeat? Uh, they can see mobile web, uh, and they can see four different device types. So um, you can look at just what's um, happening for iPhone-targeted campaigns, uh, Android phone, Android tablet, or iPad. So you can look at all of them separately. Yeah, okay. Cool. Well, yeah, I mean, AdBeat is very cool. Um, I know Mark loves it too, <laughs> obviously. Uh, so... I'd, yeah, I recommend you guys check it out if you haven't. And you have some good stuff on there. I mean, there's a blog and um, YouTube channel and stuff, and there's some good information to be had just um, kind of poking around there. There's going to be um, – so we're we're about to launch a new site de uh, design also, and the blog right now on the site actually really isn't uh, kept up to date, but um, we are going to be really putting a lot more into our blog. And so um, there will be some good stuff on the blog coming pretty soon. Um, anybody who's who's interested in getting information, uh, you know, about media buying and anything that would be related to media buying, um, if they sign up for the newsletter list on the site, we'll kind of send you info about blog posts and stuff along the way. Oh, cool. Okay, we'll definitely watch out for that. I know you're a super busy guy, so I won't take any more of your time. But thanks for stopping by, and that was some really good information um, on media buying and just marketing in general. So I'm going to go back and listen to this, but thanks again for being on. <laughs> All right. Sure. Thanks for having me on. Sure. Okay.